What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. A is for Alcoholic, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Um, if you like what we what we do here, the best thing you can do is to rate and or review us. A quick little review and a five-star rating goes a very long way Hell to yeah. helping this show get out to more people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, wanted to take this show to share something a little more personal. Not that we don't talk about personal stuff, but um, specifically for me. We were thinking, I was thinking, D is for dichotomy. And so yeah. the dichotomy that I often live with is um, I tend bar for a living. I work, I you know, I have worked for like 15 years. I was a bartender and I've been sober for the last three and a half years. And mm-hmm. um, one of those, that, that, that idea that working in an industry that is where you are surrounded by the one thing that you can't touch, you know? Um, yeah. It's such a trip because I, 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 I don't recall if there was any sort of, um, I don't think at the beginning there was like cravings cause it's still, it felt like work. So I was able to kind of disassociate myself a little bit with it. Like yeah. as a, um, you know, like a bank teller doesn't feel the need to, take money all the time so i just thought oh if i'm gonna pour drinks i'll pour drinks and it'll be fine and now that being said too even till the very end i was drinking on the job at that point no comes with the territory mm, right i mean yeah i was um there were there were times like right before and um and yeah it comes with the territory it's a very normal thing for mm-hmm. anybody who's ever worked in a bar, you know that there's things like we used to do shot o'clock, and so it'd be like 1 a.m., and the whole team would get together, and the bartender would mix up some shot or just do shots of Jaeger, and then it was like, okay, we got Fucking one more Jaeger. hour uh-huh. until we got to close this it, place down. Is it weird that I didn't trust a bartender unless they were a little bit drunk while they were working? <laughs> like, if I walked in mm-hmm. and you were clear-eyed, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm going to get a normal pour out of this mm-hmm. dude. What the fuck, man? Well, yeah. yeah, and then I've even seen I've seen bartenders, and I've been the bartender who is like sloppy drunk, like yeah. to the point of being incapable of doing their job. Um, 
But, you know, more importantly, the about the dichotomy of being sober and going through recovery and having to go to work every single day. And it's pretty trying. Um, I would also have my sort of rote answers for guests about, they'd be like, so what do you like to drink on your days off? And I would usually just say, oh, you know, it depends on the mood and stuff like that. And I would try not to lie. Um, but is at this that when point, you were sober? This is when I was sober and I was oh, tending yeah. bar. Yeah. I thought when um, you were drunk. No, but when you're drunk, it's like a saucepan full of whatever <laughs> I can find. Exactly. I, yeah. you know, I can't just... believe it's not butter tub full of, uh-huh. uh, yeah, very nice. Rosé wine. Yes. Rosé. Yeah. Um, and so there's this, it's, it's, it can be a struggle and I think it was at first, but I mean, I, I, um, you just kind of talk your way through it and say what you used to say. And, oh, what kind of rums do you like to drink? And I'm like, well, I like the dark sipping rums, usually pointing to the ones that are more expensive as I'm trying to, you know, raise the check yes. average. Right. Um, and it's it's such a it's such a hard thing because the place that I'm working at now, um, it's it's the same old shit. You know, anybody who's been in recovery for any amount of time and then for whatever reason you go into a bar maybe you're meeting people somewhere or you have some business with somebody there and you you're you know doing your thing you're there specifically for a reason not just kind of hanging out and loitering you look yeah. around it's the same old shit it's the same old people it's the same old things it's the same old tropes um and at one point i remember a couple shifts ago this guy was this guy came in and we'll just call him tony um but I saw this guy come in with a bottle of wine and he was sit, stand, sitting at the bar and I kind of noticed him from afar and I didn't interact with him that night, but I kind of got this vibe like he's here by himself. What's he looking for? Who does he know? And I just kind of got this like weird vibe from him. You know, fast forward a couple nights, I see him again and um, he's just like, hey man, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you must be the new guy and this, that, right. and the other. And He's got this bottle of very expensive wine. Like we're talking three to four hundred dollars a bottle and some of their so like ridiculously expensive wine. And I'm working with the other guy, the other bartender. He says, Oh, that's Tony. He comes in. We just go ahead and pop the bottle for him. And he does this, that, and the other for this company, for this winery, and and he kind of just shares it with everybody and whatever. And he kind of just does his own thing. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, I don't need to bother with this guy. Cool. Here's some glasses. Let me get that, open that bottle for you and whatever. So as there's, again, he's just kind of walking around, sharing his wine, moving from table to table, talking to whoever will talk to him. And as he's drinking and it's progressing, um, he's getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And I don't know if he's gone off to another table in the lounge and how much he's had to drink over there. So he ends up sitting back there with these other two ladies and they don't seem too terribly They're They're enjoying themselves mostly, it seems. And they're all laughing about something. And, you know, he's like, hey, new guy. And um, I had already explained to him what my name was, um, but he didn't seem to care. (laughs) And so as it goes on, I start to see this and I'm like, this is just really fucking sad, you know? Right. Yeah. And so not only am I really, really annoyed and kind of bothered because this guy hasn't bought anything from me and it's not really a place where, and I I'm new and, and he apparently knows everybody. So I can't really, I'm not in any position to say anything, but it's just like this sort of sad loneliness. And I don't say that to judge, but I had to keep every time I felt the need to be 
annoyed or judged. I kind of had to keep saying to myself there, but by the grace of God, go on. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Because we've all been there. We've right. all been at a bar by ourselves, sad, yeah. lonely. Fuck, that was like my regular shit. That was the old Jerry Wagner special Mm -hmm. at a bar by myself. Yeah. I mean, whether you were looking for friends or not, it was always like, I feel, I always feel like there was a certain level of like wanting some kind of companionship, even if it was just to have a drink or talk to the bartender or, you know, I don't know that I was ever looking. That's why I was out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I could just drink at home. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, I did. It's challenging, and I work in an area of the, the country where there's a lot of wineries, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots of jobs, and that's where a lot of the, the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The the industry. I mean, it's just, it's huge. So, it's a hard thing to, to kind of square away in your head about getting up early on a Sunday morning to, you know, go to a meeting, and then later on that evening having to uh, have some drunk guy who you know and oh and so he finally leaves and they all leave and the ladies are like yeah what's up with that guy and they're talking to one of the other guys that works there and oh he's pretty harmless you know he's just he's just tony he's just a little bit loud and likes to have fun and it didn't really seem like fun to me you know it didn't seem right genuine in any way and um and so about an hour later i'm wiping things up and i'm cleaning up as as and he comes back through the front door. We're not quite closed yet. And he's like, hey, does anybody see my BMW key? And I was like, oh, man. Like, I'm so glad. He, I hope he lost his car keys that night. You right. Know? Yeah, was he, yeah, he's pretty lit up. He was huh? looking. Yeah, I mean, he was lit up enough. It doesn't take much. The police don't really care how lit up you are. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Yeah, like, they don't care if you've just had a one after dinner drink or you're fucking Greg Allman drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, buzz drinking is drunk yeah. dri- drinking, drunk driving. Um, right. But it's just, it's so after being off, being away from the bar for a little bit for a few months and then coming back to it. It's hard. It's hard to to be able to like look people in the face and and talk about it and yeah. um I I do my best with it and um I know that it's just a job and I'm just here to host people. I don't necessarily have to get involved in their lives and and anybody who's, you know, been a bartender before, or worked in that business knows that people love to ask you personal questions. Yeah. And I really don't talk about discuss about recovery because it's not it's kind of it can be a buzzkill for somebody who's out enjoying right. themselves. Which was and... a question I was going to ask you is if you were out <laughs> like if you were out as far as in that environment, you're not no. really out even with the coworkers. Really no, not. not really. Um, I've told you know, I tell I've told my bosses that was one of the first things before I got the job. And I had mm-hmm. known the, the one of the managers and I just said straight up. This is he's like. So what have you been up to? And I said, Well, not drinking for the last three and plus years. Um, You're right. So if you still want to hire me, I, I have all the knowledge and skill and everything you need. And he's, Oh, that's good. That's good. That's great, man. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. And I had a, I had to pull one of the other managers aside, and because she had said something at uh, we had our our restaurant lineup right before service, and she's talking about tasting the wine, you know, and, or she said something like, John, if you want to go ahead and taste the wine or if you don't, whatever. And she kind of backpedaled it. And, um, so I pulled her back and I, I said, you know, it's not a big deal. You don't need to, f-. she's like, I felt bad. So I didn't want you to feel like you had to taste anything. And I was like, I don't feel right. like I have. 
and you know, like I was, I'm basically, I'm pretty secure in my, in my recovery. I'm pretty mm-hmm. secure. I don't, I don't have any, there's no, there's no inclination for me to, you know, that I'm going to go off the deep end because I need to try the new 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. Because the 2018 <laughs> cab is going to taste just like the fucking 2013 cab. What's the difference? Like, mm. there was more pollution in the air, so this is a little mm-hmm. ashier. Some <laughs> fucking bullshit that they make up. Mm-hmm. I know you're in wine country, and you know there's some validity to... That, to know. But I also, I'm like, this is some fucking bullshit. They're just trying to sell you this wine. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. marketing to it, man. I mean, there, there's some... there's some, there's some, some, And again, I don't have anything against the wine industry itself and people who love it and people nah, who thrive either. in it. But yes, there. I mean, of course, there's a lot of... Marketing is a whole different issue from the actual, you know, alcohol itself, the wine itself. Like, you know, right. you've said it before. It's not alcohol. It's my relationship to alcohol. Exactly. Alcohol's inert. It's so, me and her together. <laughs> and, and she's a lady to me because I'm a straight man. But yeah, so like if there's... I a, mean, if, I, I'm, I'm pretty straight, mostly. Yes. Sorry, I got to back that up. What was it that... No, no, you don't need... What Unless was I was you, drinking, you then I didn't You used to say... Know. I can't remember. Somebody asked so, something you were like... Hey, um, what was it they asked you? Like, hey, are you are you bi? And you were like, you were like, or what was it? Are you what bi? I, and you're I like, remember. I don't know. Why don't you buy me a drink? And find <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um, but yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it, but it's inert, so it just sits there in a bottle, in a right. glass, on the table, and it's your relationship that needs to that you need to you need to break up with, and you need to um change. So, right. I mean, I don't know. How would you describe your relationship with alcohol now? It's it's just a non-thing. You know what? Sometimes I get frustrated. You know what? I get more frustrated with the people than I do with, obviously, mm-hmm. the booze itself doesn't bother me. Like I saw, and I probably mentioned this in the other podcast, they had commercials for, um, they're making like LaCroix with fucking malt liquor in it. And I'm like, you fucking assholes. Like now you're just going to make it harder for me at every barbecue and party I got to go to to make sure I don't drink the fucking booze LaCroix. are they really it's not the brand of lacroix it's sparkling water mm. but it's it's like called i don't know what it's called it's basically sparkling water with malt liquor in it and my wife had some at a barbecue we were at last summer and she was like this is great and i'm just like fuck you're putting the booze in the but but you know honestly when i was drinking i put booze in sparkling water all the time so i don't know what my beef is my relationship with alcohol now is it's just it's just a thing that's there that makes most people annoying to me <laughs> which isn't very tolerant of me and isn't very serene or recovery of me. But mm-hmm. I have to be honest, man, like I, there are resentments I carry towards it, you know, that I have to deal with on my own. And, um, I don't know. People in general tend to not bother me unless they're being obnoxious or they're just trying to push this whole bullshit alcoholism lifestyle on me and mm-hmm. tell me about how cool it is that they're day drinking and they get fucked up all the time. And I'm just like, bitch, didn't you not know me fucking four years ago? Like, I, I know exactly all the shit you're talking about. It's just empty promises. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all fucking Halloween decorations. It's all plastic and it falls apart. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. Throw I like it away, that one. dude. Yeah. It's, that one's for the Instagram page. That's good. Right? I like that one. Um, yeah, man. And I try to, I try to, you know, again, wh- what am I supposed to do with all of this wine knowledge and, and spirit knowledge and all that? I mean, it's, this is, I'm, I'm very good at my job. Right. Right. Um, I like to think so. Uh, obviously, no, you I've... were. I mean, you are. I I bought drinks from you back mm-hmm. in the day, and so, you kept me right. So I try to look at it as like 
I'm here to host a party, right? I'm here to make some mm-hmm. money. That that's hey. that's yeah. that mm-hmm. needs to that needs to happen. If that doesn't happen, then I'll move on and and find something else. But right. um, I'm here to host a party, and I'm I'm a pretty personable dude. I mean, a lot a lot or a little gregarious. A lot less since I've I wouldn't say a lot less. I just want to be clear. Um, but I I'm just not as boisterous when I'm with people when I was drinking. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? True. Yeah, that has changed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I still enjoy like, hey, I can talk to people and be friendly and happy and be in a group and all that kind of stuff. That hasn't, I right. haven't like, I haven't soured on, you know, gatherings. Um, yeah. I do like to spend more time at home, you know, away from people. But I think that also might just be being in my 40s now and not wanting well, to be out. And, and you're in a committed relationship and like. Right. So, there's so many fun video games. I don't know about you. <laughs> This is well, so I have, much shit on Netflix. I still haven't gotten the uh, the Red Dead Redemption yet. We'll talk. We'll make a whole podcast about that. <laughs> That'll just be the weird one that's not about alcoholism. Mm, it's just about video games, right? Um, but <clears throat> I still wish that I wanted to. I would always wanted to do like an an alcoholic a video game about an alcoholic, kind of like in the vein of like the Telltale games, right? And so, like, you could make choices about whether or not to drink and that they would affect you permanently and, you know, they would have consequences Uh, if you drink and get behind the wheel to go do this thing. And, like, you know, I always thought that would be an interesting sort of choose-your-own-adventure with alcoholism. But That'd be interesting. Like, you go to jail, but you actually, the game just pauses for three days. (laughs) (laughs) You can't play it for three days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Uh uh, well, we've been playing this game. My little brother convinced me to start playing this game called, it's like a Call of Duty game. Mm -hmm. It's called Black Ops, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all right, whatever. We're having fun, I guess. I'm not a big fan of the shooter, like that kind of game. But during a period of time in the game, right before you load into the map to play this big battle royale game with everybody, it says blackout. Like it's like the term blackout, I guess, is this military term or something. Mm -hmm. And I just started laughing because I was like, man, I wish they'd make like a Call of Duty Jerry blackout where I just wake up. I wake up and I'm $200 poor <laughs> and it's just like credit card slips in my pockets. And I'm right. like, fuck, did I go to Jack in a box twice? twice. Like three <laughs> hours apart? Why is my hand broken? Uh, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why am I bald now? Call it. You start Black the game out. and you're, you've got no, no health and you've, you're exactly. You all got the no loot health. boxes yeah. are opened already and there's yep. nothing to show for it. Yep. All your loading screens, all my loading screens would just be me crying and yelling at my wife over the phone. God, that game would fucking suck. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so getting back to um, working in the in the bar and working in the bar industry. I mean, there's right. still parts of it that I really do enjoy, you know, the sort of the aspect of, you know, oh, and what can I get for you? And when somebody gets really excited, when you can make them something special. And again, right. I don't have a problem with going to a bar and going to try a new cocktail or getting turned on to something new. And who doesn't, you know, people like to go and have some scallops and try a new white wine and maybe have a fun rum cocktail with their banana tort or whatever, you know, like it's a whole beautiful experience, right? It's supposed to be fun. So it's just a matter of me trying to reconcile those, those resentments toward you know, and again, I, I feel like I have some some of them the same way that you do about. Yeah. God, man. Why the fuck do they these people get to be they get to go out and have a good time? Well, and I can't go out and 
that's funny you mentioned that because that's the thought I'm having while you're saying that is I'm thinking like, you know, it's just you got to realize that like not everybody. I would say the majority of people that walk through the doors of that establishment are not alcoholics. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's there's we're out there, we're out there in mass, but I would I would still like to think that in normal society, the addicts and alcoholics are still the minority. Yeah, I I don't have any numbers on this. This is no, just, I don't. That but I don't I'm saying like I I and even you saying it's like normal people wanting to have an after dinner drink or you know like mm-hmm. get some fucking yeah cognac poured on their flan or whatever and mm-hmm. yeah i mean i remember a girl at work telling i was like joking about something to make one of those jerry jokes and she started laughing she's like jerry not everybody's an alcoholic and i'm like fuck you're right you asshole you're totally right <laughs> yeah god damn them yeah. So I try to be I try to be as good as I can with that and not get caught up in it because again it's just hard. a job. It's hard. Yeah. It can be it's very hard and um and not to be torn up about the fact that I can't drink even if I'm around it all the time and I and I don't feel tempted necessarily. I mean I I don't feel tempted at all. I was there late all last night. I mean I could have had access to anything that I wanted. Literally right. Nobody would have said shit. Nobody would have known. Um, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, I would have known. And that's I, the important one, though. You would have known. And then you know, I would have yeah. had that drink, so drink, and, that, and then that's I would have been, yeah. then I would have been driving home. And anyhow, it's just so a lot of work. Yeah, you, it's a lot well, of work. You're playing the you're playing the tape back and forward, which is good. <laughs> I mean, you got to unravel it and roll it back up again because you're like, I know what happens and I know what's going to happen Mm -hmm. you know and that that's a really useful tool and i just wanted to like get to the store get some of that black bean hummus some rice cakes oh yeah the good stuff Uh, some rice cakes and black bean hummus (laughs) and some locale ice cream that's what i was going for last night yeah afterward um so yeah man it's it's just it's such a trip to me to to be back in it after being gone. And, and again, I try to, I do my best when these, when these people come in, when these people are stumbling around that it's like, it's a reminder. It's a nightly reminder of why I don't do that. It's mm-hmm. fine. Other people can do it. And you know, I, normal people can go out and even cut loose and maybe have a little too much. And that's fine right. too. Right. They're like, the I'm ones not... who tell you the tequila story. Mm-hmm. I'll never drink tequila again. You know? Yes. And, and then they... they tell you the story and you're like, that sounds fucking like an ideal night for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking my pants off. Mm-hmm. And, you know? Yeah. Drinking tequila out of a plastic jug. That's perfect. Sounds ideal to me. Yeah. Where do I sign up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's just I, I use those those folks as a reminder of how I don't want to be. And, you know, one of the tenets of bartending is I've heard this as well, is that you should treat your worst guest as your favorite, you know, guest and, yeah. you know, watch them turn around. And that's not always it's it's a lot easier said than done sometimes. Right. And yeah. um, a lot of times yeah. you're like, hey, I just got to go tell the manager like this dude's got to go, man. He's just he's just disrupting everybody's good time. Right. And exactly. <clears throat> nine times out of ten. And I've done it long enough that people understand, like if I'm like, hey, man, I just can't have that behavior here. And unless they're right. so far gone, they usually get it and they'll they'll rein it back in. I never try to make it too personal with people, you know, but right. I'm always like. Yeah, I just I can't. Yeah, we can. I, I've, I've 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 also said when people get a little loud and a little more uh, colorful with their language, I've I've mm-hmm. said I can't have the adult language. The adult beverages are okay, but I can't have the adult language in here. 
And well, look it, at you, Snake Charmer. God you damn. You like that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. And it, it's it's different Almost for every stop cursing. <laughs> it's different for every bar, but when I'm out here right. trying to sell some expensive wine and some ribeyes, like I can't have people who are out trying to have a good time get disrupted because some dude started wine tasting Chardonnay at ten o'clock this morning. You right. know? Um so it's a, it's so what a, what do you use to deal? So okay. so the temptation is not a big deal to you right now. No. And it's what are your coping mechanisms? I mean, you you are. I mean, let's say temptation would come up, and we talk about playing it mm-hmm. forward and rolling it back again, right? Not even let's say temptation would come back up just around you because there's a lot going on there, right? I mean, you have it's the huge, aspect yeah. of temptation. You have the aspect of resentment floating around. You've got a lot of stuff floating around in there. Mm-hmm. And you seem to have been, you know, I mean, you've been there for a brief period of time, but even in the first few years of your recovery, you seem to have risen above it. Or maybe that's the wrong way to put it. You seem to have existed within it and made it work, you mm-hmm. know? So, I mean, there's a lot of discipline to that. You know? Um, Yes. Yes, there that is. That wasn't even a question I asked. No. I, guess I just said some shit out loud. But there's, 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 a, you're asking me what the coping mechanisms are. Yes. Right. Um, there are coping. I mean, there there's, there is a lot of discipline in there. The last two places, this place here and the last place I worked at, um, they both had cameras, um, which, <laughs> which helps. Um, really? Yeah. Well, the, I think it's more for the guests. So like if something goes wrong, they can play it back and be like, yeah, do you see what happened here? No, we don't owe you your money back. Um, right. But for me, I want to finish like as far as temptation or those feelings, because even still, I think the temptation is more of like, God, wouldn't a nice cold beer sound good about now? Like right. it's not they even to, they hit you outside of work. It sounds like mm-hmm. almost like in just your day to day life. But yeah. Anyway. yeah. Um, but at work, I'm I'm pretty cool because I, I always think about I play the last bender you ever had. So right. when I see a bottle that I used to love, when I see a bottle that I used to take home with me, when I see right. when I see something and I'm like, oh man, we used to have some really good times. And then I think about the fact that I would finish almost the whole bottle in one night. I would feel like hell the next day. I'd be sick to my stomach. My head would hurt. I would have to like start from scratch and, you know, in a deficit every single time. And yeah. not to mention the way that I was living and the, the cigarettes that I was smoking and the food that I was eating and the, yeah. you know, all that stuff, all the loneliness and sadness and like pain that I myself right. was feeling and putting upon other people, friends and family and loved ones. I kind of look at all, I think about all that when I look at the bottles now. <laughs> so that's, that's good. That's playing that tape back. Right. So you yeah, I remember, you, I remember you used to smoke old golds. I smoked old golds. I smoked, I smoked that old golds and they were the, they were the no filters and then the filters for, I smoked a lot of different cigarettes, but yes. We sm- yeah. Smoke them if you got them, Johnny. Yeah. Um, but just to play all that back is, yeah. So that's what I do when I have that's to think about it. Um, the shit fuck stack. Yeah. When I yeah, so I, I think about all those things and I go, oh okay, so um, but you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and make you a lovely cocktail and you're gonna be super excited and you're gonna you're gonna give me lots of money and have a good time right. and tell your friends and they're gonna come back and we're gonna do this all over again. Well, because Judy from Wisconsin isn't gonna fucking flame ball her fucking life. Do you know what I mean? No. Because you made her, no. you gave her a nice whatever, a nice a Gervitsa miner or something. You know, not because of anything yeah. that I did. I mean, no. I don't know what she's got going on in Wisconsin, and that might be a whole yeah. other, you know, can of right, worms. Right, but typically Judy is just not gonna fuck her shit up. And like takes... you will, <laughs> <laughs> exactly like I will over a glass of Gervitsa miner. 
But I also, you know, again, I, I go back to the there, but by the grace of God, go I and having it is right. hard, man, because Empathy, I want to be like right? in the middle of it. And I'm looking at the dude and I'm just like, man, you they just we just fucking open this bottle of expensive wine. You pour it. You wander around here, stumble around and laugh it up. And like this is your living room because you have no one else to, you know, talk to or go to. And, I, and then I think, God, that's. That's nothing to be angry at the man about. I mean, right. if anything, That's you know you would have been doing exactly. Yeah. So I, I try to have patience with it and I go, Okay. That's you, John. Like you that guy's he's in pain, right? I mean, I have right. to assume no, by his behaviors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I saw that in myself, if I saw that in you, I'd be like, Man, there's some pain in there that's not being dealt with. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a longing or loneliness. But that mm-hmm. empathy is good, though. It, it lets you be aware of your real size, like what size you really are mm-hmm. in, the, in the span of things, in the scan of the universe or whatever. That there before the grace of God, I use that a lot. And I don't sometimes, too. I do get resentful and that mm-hmm. inner monologue comes out. And there are times where I do say that shit out loud. Like, I'm like, yo, fuck that dude, you know, or whatever, you know, like some fucking drunk guy comes in the shop and acts all wild. And we are like, oh, no, we can't help you. And he'll walk out. And I'm like, yo, fuck that drunk asshole, you know, because he's being rude or whatever. But I have to rein it in. It's usually mm-hmm. in hindsight. I have to sit down and go, fuck, dude, that wasn't right. Like, I mean, he didn't hear you, but you threw that negative energy out into the room because of your resentment. You know? Yeah, because it's like you said, that person is in pain and it's a mirror. You see yourself in it, you know. So I have to yeah. I have to remind myself of that every single night, you know. And yeah. Just, and, and it's, it's you do way more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I try to use it as a tool, right? So it's a great tool to use, though. Yeah. If Empathy. I look at it, if yeah. I switch that perspective on, I mean, and I don't know, you don't, you don't, you don't find yourself in your in your line of work being in bars or around bars and rarely. I mean, dude, I haven't been in a bar in uh, at least a year. If mm-hmm. I can't remember, maybe recently, but I I don't know. But you've also worked, I mean, I'm just looking at the t-shirt that you're wearing. You've also worked with people who own bars in yeah, doing... Yeah, I mean, I'll draw artwork for bars. I'll have an art show in a bar. I'll mm-hmm. go to a show in a bar. I'll work with, you know, if if they, you know, if they offer... We were just laughing about this shirt because you're like, did you pay... Did they pay you? And I'm like, yeah, they paid me okay. You know, they paid me pretty good. And then you said, well, imagine if this were like five years ago, how they would, how would they have paid you? And I'm like, in a fucking bar tab that I would have fucking, that I've done in the past, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, bars to me are just places like if my wife was like, hey, let's go dancing at a bar on Saturday, I'd be like, let's do it, you know, because I, I tend to pick up on the vibe in the bar at the beginning of the night. And then usually yeah, like turn into a fucking pumpkin. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Cause the room I have, I have a friend, a real good friend who's, uh, who's getting sober right now. And he's got uh, like a handful of months, like maybe two, three months. And he was telling me that he was out at the bar drinking with some friends. They were drinking. He was hanging out trying to socialize. And he's like, dude, the room stank by like midnight and i'm like yeah dude the whole room smells you don't notice it when you're drinking because that sense is gone you're just it's like having horrible bo like you don't you just live in that shit the funk but as an outsider you come into a bar like you know what it's Mm -hmm. like to be in a bar one in the morning drunk the whole room stinks dude the whole room smells like booze you know you've got people who are boozing and sweating and pissing and it's not booze they're pouring on the floor i mean yeah they're breathing it out and sweating it out and if it's a dance club they're just sweating out fucking vodka and jägermeister Mm -hmm. you know or whatever and i'm back there just like watching them all for me the temptation to drinking is funny has always been a temptation of opportunity that's when the temptation comes up it's weird the manipulative person in me comes out 
when I see that everybody around me is drinking and there might be something I can get. And like in that, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not phrasing it correctly. It was almost like an opportunity would come up if I were drinking with these people. So it was never like, um, oh, that fucking booze looks great. It's more like, man, if I were drinking with these people, I'd have this opportunity to be able to do something with these people. Like party with them or get some, you know, it, it, then the line goes down, get some Coke or maybe mm-hmm. make out with that girl and, you know, like do some do some <clears throat> awful shit that I wouldn't mm-hmm. do, you know, because the, the and that's something I have to, you know, deal with and work with with my own. But it's not like a huge screaming apparent thing. It's just always kind of back there a tiny bit. If I'm yeah. at a party with a bunch of friends and I'm like, yo, if I drink with these people, then I can be on that bus with them. You know, I like riding on that ride with them and going through that high and, you know, getting something from someone, you know. You can um, crack that. That door is open. So so that that opens up a little bit. If you have a couple of drinks, then I can have some Coke mm-hmm. and I can make some bad decisions. and Make some bad decisions and it won't be my fault. It won't be my fault. So yours. Exactly. So yours is a um is a is a is an addiction to and you know i'm i'm speculating here but an Go addiction ahead. to um putting responsibility off on other people oh absolutely you... <laughs> i fucking hate responsibility yeah i mean if they if i'm the nail you hit me right on the head right right so, so to me it was never it was it was a lot of things it was really complex you know there was pressure release there was physical addiction there was emotional addiction but yeah, a lot of it was like opportunity, emotional you know? manipulation. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, emotional and emotional addiction too. I mm-hmm. mean, but a lot of emotional manipulation on my part. You know, I mean, you bolster your own. Come on, man! How many times do you hear the drunks in the rooms when they share and they say they always felt like an outsider? Yeah. You know, you bolster so much of your personality with that alcohol in the beginning that you come to rely on it. That's you know, this and is, that's another this is thing. What I am. Yeah, you know? I I I identified as a as a bartender. For yes. so long, like mm-hmm. that was just that yeah. was part of this like this persona, this personality that I was the fucking yeah, yeah this this you know as close to this godlike character that I thought that I could be that you know yeah. you know and it felt good when people would come in and they'd be excited to see you and they'd sit down and they give you money and you make them drinks and they're just and you're talking and you're joking and you're having fun and I was like yeah what do you do. Or, you know, who are you? What are you, what are you all about, man? I don't yeah. know. I'm a bartender. What can I get from you? I, yeah. Right. And so, and so it was, uh, and, and then to, to remove myself from that, even in the last three and a half years working as a bartender, I didn't feel like that was my identity anymore. Right. It was something that I did and I did pretty damn good and made a decent wage off of it sometimes. But it was your job. You know, your but persona. it was my job. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so to have that switch as well where you're thinking hmm well who am i and that's always hard when you when you're when you quit drinking well oh god do i have to figure out who i am now yeah Ugh. fuck really <laughs> right fuck i can't like just I didn't re- want rely that. on the fact that i'm just a fun drunk right isn't really isn't that fun yeah yeah bourbon and bad jokes a personality do not make <laughs> right exactly <laughs> So, um, it's, <clears throat> so it's a challenge and I, so I'm, I'm, I've got this job and I'm going to be, and I'm working a few nights a week and I'm probably going to be working a few more than that. And, you know, yeah. we get busier in the summertime and the people get drunker and there's more of them and right. it's just going to be, yeah. you know, kind of w- waiting through this miasma of alcoholism. And I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, I don't know. What's a miasma? Maybe alcohol, like a cloud alcohol. Or- uh, yeah, my, my asthma of alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. 
Like so, a cloud, yeah. So yeah. I just kind of have to look at it as my job. Okay, it, my my job is, is to mm-hmm. deal with these people and um, and try to be good to the good ones and try to be as gracious as I can to the ones that drive me bonkers. Like it made me just want to, I'm just get so angry and it's like, ugh. And if I ever feel like I want a drink, I tell you what, man, putting uh, putting tequila shots into a dishwasher, that'll that'll sour you on alcohol. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> like it's just when you get uh, that was that was the worst, man. When you like put the glasses in the dishwasher, uh-huh. and it's like to, people do a round of tequila shots. You got like eight tequila like shot glasses, and you get a yeah. waft of like dishwasher Ooh. chemicals, hot water, and tequila, and it's tequila. like tequila. Oh, oh yeah, man. So, um, all that. And I, I wanted to mention something more specific to this podcast too, as far as dichotomy goes. So in speaking of, um, for those of you listening, you know, that we, um, that I have another business that I do with, with another, uh, business partner of mine. And we do, we do a lot of artwork and we're working on a lot of different things. And I've never edited this show, or I've never edited any content out of this show. But uh-huh. uh, I but I've done it twice now um, because one of the things that he and I had been wanting to work on for many many years, and this gentleman is a gentleman that I've bartended with and known for a very long time, is we wanted yeah. to do like an illustrated cocktail book, and we always had this great idea, and we never had the time or energy or wherewithal to do it. And so we were like kind of planning it. And I remember when I was talking to a friend about, you know, we really want, I wanted to make this book with this guy. Like his, he does, I love his artwork and he's a bartender and I'm a bartender and we want to write this book. And like, what a cool thing, right? Like, doesn't that seem cool? And then you and I were working on this A is for alcoholic book, yeah. you know, which is still in the works. And it takes time refining it. (laughs) Yes. So here I am. And I remember telling somebody that I had these two book ideas and they're like, you can't do both. And my initial reaction was, um, was like, oh, maybe I can't. And then I thought, well, why not? Why can't I do both? I've been living this fucking dichotomy for, um, three and a half years. And Mm -hmm. if I have the knowledge, the skill, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with a cocktail book. It's a, it's pieces of paper bound together that maybe somebody would enjoy. I know lots of people who have their home bars and they like making drinks and you know, like right, yeah. So that was one thing that I edited out when we did when we usually do our little bumpers for like Green Camel Press and you know our sponsor is and and I was I just felt bad because here here's a recovery podcast and I don't want to be promoting like that I'm working on a cocktail book. And right. then, you know, also I, I live in wine country and somebody said, you guys, I love your art. You guys should really do wine labels. And I thought, I've seen some really shitty wine labels out there. We could do yeah. we could do wine labels. Why not? And then mm-hmm. I remember I cut that out of one of the podcasts that we did and I felt kind of oh, guilty. Yeah, I, I mean, that. it's not a big well, deal. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like I'm omitting anything terribly important but no 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 it's not like you're like man i've been drunk this entire time (laughs) you know it's just i don't know so i just wanted to i wanted to express that too and just let people know that um i i really don't think there's anything wrong with working in the business of alcohol if you can Mm -hmm. if you can handle it and you can hack it it's not for everybody and i don't i don't plan on doing it for the rest of my life right you know um 
but I just kind of wanted to get those things off my chest. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. I, I believe you should. I mean, this is our podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. And we have a lot of other projects. There's the kids' book about the California wildfires. There's the Christmas cards. There's the other that we did. Um, and so, you know, we're working on a lot of different stuff, but I just didn't want to feel like I was doing one thing and then saying another and right. That there was that you're being a hypocrite because you're doing this or that, but I don't feel like it's, I mean, if I know you're not looking for validation from me, but my perspective is that people are still going to make drinks at home. They're like, I, like I've been saying throughout the podcast, not everyone's an alcoholic. Now, as far as like mentioning and advertising in a podcast, I was always like, well, I mean, we got to know our room, right? So Mm -hmm. like, you got to know the room you're speaking to, and if this is the room you're speaking to about this subject, maybe that doesn't work for this subject. But maybe on our other podcast that we're going to start, where we just talk shit about movies or whatever, we're gonna, I don't know. <laughs> we had games. some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that might be appropriate there, but I so, mean, but it's also not up to me to tell you. Yeah, but I just you know wanted. To, I just you think. Know what's up. Yeah, I just think that it's it's it's, and that's why I wanted to talk about it is that it's challenging and it's great for you to be transparent like that. It really is. It's honest. This is, we are in a program of fucking honesty, brutal honesty. Yeah. 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 Um, as much as, as much as we may not want to be and more fucking pain in the ass, most importantly with ourselves. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the dichotomy of my life as far as, working within the realms of alcohol and and my general manager wanting me to come up with cocktails and stuff like that. And I don't taste them. You know what I mean? Like I I can't, I won't. Um, but I, I've no, I know basic recipes. It's like, you don't have to, you don't have to taste a, uh, if you're a baker, you don't have to taste every single cake you make, you know, you you know exactly what the proportion. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You should, you know, you know what the proportions are. So, yeah. So, I mean, I find that, it, and in fact, I find that being a clear-headed bartender usually makes me a better bartender than, you know, having a little nip. Yeah. Every single hour. Those nips weren't little; they were big ass. <laughs> big ass. Nips. Big old protruding <laughs> nips, dude. <laughs>